This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission, to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. And one decision I'm ecstatic about that I made more than a generation ago was to set up Clark Stinks. There's a tendency when you communicate with people, when I was doing Clark Stinks originally, I was in radio, now podcast, is that the host has the last word and it becomes one way instead of two way. But this is important to me, what we do here, that, that you are part of Team Clark, that you know that we're all in this together. We all learn from each other. And there are times I'll talk about something that you may feel I'm way off base, I'm wrong, incomplete, whatever. And that's why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, where you can post and give me feedback. Sometimes I'll agree with you. Sometimes I won't. But this is an opportunity for you to share with your fellow listener and viewer and with me. And so that's first up on today's show. And then later, I'm going to talk about something that makes a trip no fun. Lost luggage. And Lost luggage is a hassle anyway, but what if you're on a cruise? I just experienced that with some people we met on a cruise. They never saw their bags the whole cruise. So we're going to talk about the baggage thing and travel and how to protect or mitigate the problems that occur. But without further ado... It's time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Okay, so we received a lot of Clark Stinks about something, about an advertiser that uh, is on one version of the podcast. It was an ad sold by our ad partner, our publisher, and it is from one of the big banks. A giant monster mega bank? Yep. Um, advertising business services. And okay. so people feel like you've sold out by accepting money from one of the big banks, and they want you to respond to that. Okay, do you have any in particular you want to read? There were so many of them. You just... There were just a lot of them. It's not Wells Fargo. Oh, okay. So then it's Chase City or Bank of America because there are four giant monster megabanks. And I always talk about the giant monster megabanks because the federal government made, in a crisis mode, made a terrible mistake 15 years ago when they decided that they were going to allow the United States to have four monster banks, something that happens in other countries as well, and use what's known as regulatory capture 
to be able to oversee these and run them as quasi-public institutions. But we, the taxpayers, don't get the dividends. The stockholders get the dividends. And these banks are so impersonal, pay very low rates on savings, charge very high fees and all the rest. So that's why I talk about giant monster mega banks that represent these four out of the thousands of banks in the country represent half of all banking in the country. So I talk about them in a bad way, but they're not evil creatures, except maybe Wells Fargo. And so that would not be something that I would want to ban as an advertiser on our podcast, even though I didn't even know they were advertising. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you have taken to heart what I've said about the four giant monster mega banks. And I hope that you are acting on that and doing business with one of the discount brokers instead of a bank or using a credit union or using a small local bank. Clark, you really stink on this topic. You keep saying that drinks on a cruise ship are very expensive, but that the drink package is not worth it. This is very wrong. The first cruise I took, I did not get the drink package because the travel agent said a glass of wine was $5 and I would have to drink 10 drinks a day to make it worthwhile. I'm booked on my third cruise this July on Norwegian. The drink package is included, but you have to pay for the gratuity, which was $190 each. How much is the alcohol package that the tip is $190? We're on a 10-day cruise. Oh, my goodness. So it comes out to $19 a day. A single glass of wine on a ship is at least $10 or more. The drink package also includes soft drinks, which are $3.50 per can of soda. Even if you only drink two glasses of wine a day, it is still worth getting the drink package. Like my first travel agent, you keep saying you would you would have to drink 10 or more drinks a day to make it worth paying for the package, but that's just not right. Since you don't drink, I can see how you could get this wrong, Kathy. Kathy, thank you. And Kathy, I read various cruise blogs and cruise sites, and the arguing that goes on about these drink packages, it's unbelievable. So there's a lot of people who are on both sides of the cruise package alcohol thing. I guess as somebody who doesn't drink, I'm out of line to be talking about it. But when I ran the math, my wife does enjoy drinking wine. And when I ran the math, it didn't work for us on, uh, we've gone on Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, and Norwegian And the math just hadn't worked for us to have an alcohol package. When Clark talks about cruise deals, there's something that isn't mentioned. Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian all offer shareholders of 100 shares or more an onboard credit for every cruise. The credit varies by the length of the cruise. Even if someone didn't want to hold onto the shares for long, they could be purchased, the credit claimed, and then the shares sold. Eric. Eric, so I have mentioned this, I guess, not in a while that I own the 100 shares and I have it. Normally, I don't own individual stocks because I never want to talk about a company and then people wonder if I'm talking about the company a good light or bad light because I own the stock, don't own the stock, whatever. That's why I buy only index funds. And the exception is I do own the 100 shares so that I can get the discount on the cruises and that's, I own Royal Caribbean, so I get the discount on 
you don't get it automatically. You have to fill out an electronic form and send it in, and then the credit supposedly posts. Um, last cruise we went on, I never got the credit. They ignored me when I wrote about it again, but normally it does work, and you do get the discount. Clark, your recent advice on student credit cards is incomplete and out of date. You advised a student to apply for the card before graduating so that income requirements would not apply. Due to the Card Act of 2009, borrowers aged 18 to 20 must prove they can independently pay back their debt to get approved for a student card without a cosigner, something most credit card companies no longer allow, most major ones. This means they can't use their parents' annual income. Applicants 21 and older may not include their parents' pay as student income for a credit card application either. Israel. Israel, thank you. My daughter, who's 23 now, while she was in college, she did apply for cards while she was in college. We did not have to co-sign them. And she was able to get two student cards while she was in school. She asked me, I remember when she filled out the first one, she was asking for income and all she had was income from part-time work. I said, put it down. And she got the card. When she had the one, she got the other from another issuer. And so she fully has credit established and I didn't have to co-sign either time. On behalf of the tortoises of the world, please don't keep saying that the turtles are the ones that are slow and steady and win the race. Turtles are often quite fast. I assume you're referring to the traditional tortoise and the hare race when the slow but dedicated tortoise wins the race. So please distinguish between the slow reptiles and the quick amphibians. Thank you for all the great advice you share. It helps us in many ways, David. David, thank you. Uh, So yet again... I botch an analogy, <laughs> tortoise and the hare, not the turtle and the hare, because I always refer to myself as the turtle. I run slow. I save money steady. Everything I do is kind of slow. Even I talk slowly. So People you're a let tortoise, me know that. Not a turtle. So I'm a tortoise, not a turtle. Thank you. I don't think you stink, but I did want to add a little more to the caller who asked about tattoos while traveling to Japan. My wife and I went to an onsen, a Japanese spa, a few years back, and they prominently displayed on both their website and in the facility itself that individual tattoos were not allowed. Best to check with the individual spots if you're concerned, Alex. Alex, thank you. For those of you who missed that particular podcast, Japan has a very unusual national culture about tattoos, and the question had been, What kind of discrimination would you face if you traveled as a Westerner to Japan with tattoos? And it really is hit or miss there. Clark, you stink like the dead fish that will be washing up on beaches due to your advocacy for chemical-based sunscreen and unfair treatment of mineral-based sunscreens. My wife and I have used Alba Mineral-Based Sports Sunscreen SPF 45 for more than a decade for ourselves and our kids. It's only six seventy nine at Target, and none of us have ever been burnt, sunburnt despite being avid outdoor hikers and beachgoers. It works better than any sunscreen we've ever tried, including chemical-based sunscreens, and works great even after playing in the water. We all get a very mild tan, no burns, and the best part is our epidermis isn't absorbing carcinogens, and we aren't putting ecologically damaging chemicals into the water. Thanks for everything you do. Love the show, Stephen. You sure that's not wasn't your pen me. name? Wasn't me. Thank you. Um, I've had an earful from people talking about the sunscreens, the chemical versus the natural. You call it something else. Yeah, the physical ones. Um, 
Which and are usually mineral, they're mineral based. So I've heard from a number of people, I need to be more sensitive to this. So noted. And when I do my annual sunscreen push, because I don't want people to have skin cancer, and I do that a year from now, I will give ratings on both the chemical based and the mineral. And please make sure I don't forget that. I won't. When we do that next spring leading into summer. We also had some complaints that you say you do this leading into summer when you should wear sunscreen all year. So that was another thing. And then um, there was another one about the sunscreens. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it funny how much people respond to when I talk about sunscreen once a year? Yeah. Okay. Clark stunk it up regarding bank FDIC insurance. He's never mentioned Edie, E-D-I-E. .fdic.gov. I use this to configure titling of all my bank accounts to determine the coverage and print out in a folder with bank information. It helps with assigning beneficiaries, etc. Don't let small banks suffer with only small depositors due to incomplete coverage info and scare your viewers into not depositing more than 250000 per institution, Laura. Laura, thank you. What I've said about this, Laura, is never rely on the verbal assurances, even written assurances of anybody at a bank or credit union on what coverages are available. You're doing it exactly right. Going to the FDIC.gov website and using their tools to make sure that you have things titled in the proper form to extend the coverage you're offered by FDIC beyond the quarter million. So thank you for pointing that out because it's absolutely key to never rely on the word of others. Now, something that is a proposal right now running around Washington is that deposits come with a, with a federally required warning from your institution on a statement saying, warning, these deposits are not insured by FDIC that the institution would be required to alert you every single month what money you have in that institution that's exposed is uninsured deposits. I think that's a good idea. Clark stinks worse than I do after our trip to Taco Bell. Recently, he went on and on about how there's no such thing as free shipping, that the retailers build the cost of shipping into their prices. But his next sentence went on and on about how retailers were doing away with free shipping because it was eating into their profits. Which is it, Clark? Do they have their shipping costs built in or is there such a thing as free shipping and it's finally eating into retailers' profits? It can't be both, Alejandro. Alejandro, thank you. So what retailers are doing to eliminate free shipping is they're requiring order thresholds you have to meet at more and more places to qualify for free shipping. So yes, there's still free shipping of a form. There is no truly thing as free shipping because it's a cost to the retailer that has to be borne somehow. And so more and more retailers are making you do more or purchase more to qualify for the free shipping because it is such an extreme cost center. And the other thing, Alejandro, that we talked about that I don't know if you heard any feedback on was the cost to return items now that is more and more present because think of the hurt on the retailer. You buy an item, they ship it to you free. And then historically 
it was free for you to send it back, that's the one that's definitely becoming harder and harder to avail yourself of is free returns. As a lifelong saver and cheapaholic, which gave us the opportunity to be early retirees and travel friends, I was groaning listening to Clark and Krista talk about the money they spent on haircuts and restaurants. Yikes. My hair gets cut once a year, which works as the long hair keeps me warmer in the winter and the short hair is great for summer. And my husband is a great cook and we so, so enjoy eating at home. We even pack an ice chest with leftovers from the freezer for our road trips. I thought this was a money saving show. Sherry. Sherry, um, something we talk about a lot with all our content on our websites and on Clark Deals is there are people who want a deal on things that may be outside what you and I would pay for something. And then there are people who just want to spend as little or nothing as possible. We serve both audiences. It's something I talked about before, how the CEO of Costco talked about the two kind of shoppers they have come in their doors. And so they have the brand names at a lower price, typically, than you'd find elsewhere. And then they have the Kirkland Signature for people who just want the lowest price and don't value brand. So there are all kinds of people who, there are people who don't care about bargains at all, But then among people who care about bargains, there are different types of shoppers. And if I went once a year with a haircut, oh, let me tell you, my hair gets a little long and it looks completely unkempt. It looks terrible. So I have to get a haircut because I'm on TV five days a week. I have to get a haircut every six weeks. I go past six weeks. It starts looking really bad. What am I paying for my haircuts? You know, I can't get my four for 60 card anymore. They eliminated Mm -hmm. it. So it's costing me $17.95 for my haircut. Wow. And I told Rolando, who cuts my hair, he's cut my hair a long time. I told him that somebody had sent in a Clark Stinks, that I wasn't tipping him enough. And I told him when I gave him a larger tip this last time. And he was laughing. I promise I'm not the one who sent in the Clark Stinks. (laughs) It's awesome. So Sherry, I, I hear you. And I also would like to say that all different kinds of people like to save money and be careful with what they spend, but it may be a level different than what you think of. If you watch our podcast instead of listen to it, You see the shirt that I wear in the podcast, and it's a shirt I got from Sam's Club for $6.91 on clearance, and I wear the same color shirt all the time. That's for an editing thing. So I bought a bunch of them when they were $6.91, and I'm happy to wear a $6 shirt. So I, I live an inexpensive lifestyle. I know there are people who say, well, why didn't you just go to Goodwill or a used clothing store to get a shirt? And I guess I could do that too. And that's the point. We all have our desires. If you're listening to our content, you're reading our content, you're about living on less and saving money and spending more wisely. But it means a different thing to different people for different kinds of purchases too. I had someone complain that your shirt looks too loose and unkempt. Does it? 
I don't think so, but. Oh, well. I'm just saying, like, you know, everybody has an opinion. There's always going to be differences of opinion. I just think it's really important. It feel with financial advice like you're talking to somebody across your neighbor's fence. That's why everything about what we do is about being approachable. All right. And straight ahead, we're going to talk about the lost luggage curse. Recently, Lufthansa changed their contract with customers, what's called contract of carriage, to outlaw any customer using a tile device or an AirTag, Apple AirTag, to track your bags. And then there was such ridicule visited upon Lufthansa, they said, never mind, and changed back their contract of carriage. Airlines are pretty good at what they do. I know there are problems. You can tell me about the bad experience you had here, there, everywhere. But when you consider the complexity of their operations, they generally do a good job. Are they perfect? No. Are they great? No. And with the baggage, it's insult to injury. They charge these massive baggage fees, except for Southwest, which is two bags free per person. They charge these massive fees, and then they lose your bag, and it's like, huh, yeah, gosh, that happened. As I alluded to earlier, we met some people on the last cruise we went on who never saw their bags the whole cruise. The airline lost the bags. They had what they had, and they would go to the first port we got to. They had just the clothes they were wearing. We got to a port the second day, and they went and bought all these T-shirts, you know, cheap T-shirts that they sell at cruise ports, bought swim trunks, swimsuits, and that was what they had, just the souvenir kind of clothes they bought at the first port because they kept hoping at each port the bags would show up, never did. And that's all they had the whole cruise is what they could buy at ports. The luggage thing is a disaster when you're going on a tour, when you're going on a multi-stop itinerary, when you're going on a cruise. So if you insist on checking a bag, and I cannot believe the size luggage most people bring on a three, four, or seven-night cruise. I mean, they bring more luggage than all the clothes I own in the world. I couldn't pack. The suitcases wouldn't even be full. I mean, what all are people bringing in those giant suitcases? Anyway. Options. They're bringing options. Options. They should just have like a equivalent of a Clarka form. Yeah. A capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Anyway, if you insist on taking this huge amount of stuff on your trip, wherever you're going, please take one carry-on with three days worth of clothes, five days worth of underwear in it, and never, ever, not ever, check your medicine in a check suitcase in the baggage you take with you or the backpack you have with you. Your meds go there. Toothbrush, toothpaste. Any electronics. Oh, yeah, electronics. Airlines, in their terms of service, what they call the contract of carriage, 
specifically will not cover anything of value because they know they could end up with a contractor or an employee who would have sticky fingers. So they won't cover it. So it's got to go with you. That's just a fact of how the business operates. Did you ever see off topic the thing about the spirit employees who stole the person's stuff? Oh, yeah. Why would you, okay, first of all, morally and ethically, why would you steal somebody's luggage, first of all? But second, why do people have to shoot video and post on social media every last thing they do in the world? Yeah. Posting, hey, look, this is the jewelry we stole out of this customer's bag. This is, this, it was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This is the jewelry. This is the, this we stole and all this. Look at this, this new outfit I've got. Compliments of the luggage we stole from the customer. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Anyway. Not the brightest move. So when do I check a bag? If you're a longtime listener, you know this isn't a trick question. It doesn't happen. If I can't take it in my carry-on in my backpack, it does not go on the trip. All right. Luke in Colorado says, to save on high-checked and carry-on baggage fees when traveling with discount airlines, my family has started shipping our clothes and toiletries ahead of time. We use Pirate Ship and send our packages through UPS or USPS to our friends or family at our destination. This method costs about half the price compared to paying for luggage on the flight. Additionally, we don't have to worry about traveling with luggage or waiting at the baggage claim at the airport. Just make sure to keep any essentials with you in your free personal item. I would only recommend this if you and your host can pick up the package promptly and you're not visiting an area at high risk for porch pirates. So pirate ship, we haven't talked about in a good while. I feel like, no, I love pirate ship. Pirate ship is great. It will save you so much money. Sending packages, whatever. I had to send my daughter across the country a um, overnight envelope kind of thing. And the overnight was too expensive, so I made her wait two days. But it saved so much money doing it. It was UPS through pirate ship. And shipping your stuff instead of paying airline baggage fees, great. But here's an alternative. If you travel a particular airline more than a couple of times a year, Get their lowest priced credit card, co-branded card, that gives you a check bag per each person on your reservation. And the annual fee for that card, typically the lowest price airline card that qualifies is 95 bucks. And then you, if you insist on checking bags, you get a check bag per person, way more than making up the $95 fee. Or fly Southwest as much as you can. Two bags free. Paul in South Carolina says, I travel internationally for about a month, twice a year, and go to different locations around the world. What is the best way to take my home TV or an equivalent substitute with me while traveling? Streaming services like Netflix, HBO Max, and YouTube TV do not work because I'm in a foreign country. I've tried using a VPN service and was unable to get that to bypass the controls of any of those streaming services. Ideally, I would use a Roku streaming stick to access channels. Paul, I got bad news for you. We got a number of people letting us know that the VPN workaround is not working anymore. The streaming services are on to us. And so uh, there may be people with suggestions that travel frequently outside the United States that could share with us. 
ways that they get around it. But what people are doing now, apparently, is they buy a um, portable hard drive. Those are so cheap now. And you're not going to get the live programming we may be after, but you can build an enormous library on it and take it with you. Do you have any other suggestions? Yeah, so Nick, um, who writes all of our streaming content, he did say that people are still reporting the VPN is working, but definitely the terms of service like on YouTube TV prevents that. But you can download your library. So I think that's what you're saying. Like on these various services in YouTube TV, you can download what you've DVR'd onto a device and then watch it that way. So he's looking to see if there are any other options and we'll report back if we can find any. So the other thing is if you have a tablet, you get a a cheap Android tablet, or if you have an old iPad, has a lot of memory on it, you can use the lower video quality function and load a lot of video on it that you're allowed to with the streaming service and have a lot of content when you're there. If you watch a lot of video content and you're gone for a month, it's only going to get you part way through the month. Brittany in Arizona says, I listened to your show about not paying for deposits with cash or a debit card and using a credit card instead. I'm currently planning a wedding and some vendors will charge up to 5% more if a credit card is used for the deposit and remaining payments. Would you still recommend a credit card for these prepaid expenses? So. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Uh, You can look at wedding insurance and see if that protects against a supplier default, uh, you know, a provider default, um, and compare the premium versus paying 3 or 5% additional for using a credit card for deposits. But I'd say using the credit card for deposits is a form of cheap insurance, although really your window, if the supplier goes bust, ends at 60 days, I would look at the wedding insurance as well. And this is a problem because people will come into the field, they'll leave, whatever will happen. You still don't have your photos from your wedding. No. How many years out? 26 years out? Almost 24. Oh, 24 years out because your wedding photographer did take the pictures but then vanished. Vanished. I got some proofs, and so we were able to like have those scanned and make a make an album. So we we weren't totally lost. But yep, she left the state, and yeah. So this is this is a problem I mean, with the wedding photographer aspect of this. What we've recommended for years is that you have a friend who, because um, even an iPhone or a Samsung. They take great pictures now. Have them uh, take some pictures for you. So if you never get the pictures from the photographer, the photographer knows shows, you got some pictures, memory of the pictures. And also a lot of wedding photographers now, at the end of the night, give you their disc. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry. You're free at that point. You paid them for coming and for their intellectual property. They give you the disc, and then you have your pictures. Other wedding things, the real risk is they go out of business or they no-show. And that's why the deposit issue is so important. If you pay the money and the money goes poof, it continues to be a problem that, sadly, we hear a lot about wedding venues going bust. We've had that one several times 
and you paid a deposit for a wedding facility, then you got no wedding. So, but remember, the only thing, all those things are all details. The only thing that really matters is the person you love, you take your vows together, and you get to live your life together. That's what really matters. All the rest, so what? I remember when my oldest, my only child who's married, when Rebecca got married, just before she walked out, her veil caught fire from a candle, Mm -hmm. and I'm getting ready to walk her out, and we're stomping out the veil (laughs) that had caught on fire, and this veil that was she'd so carefully had put in her hair and all that, and it ultimately didn't matter. It was a great story Yeah. after the wedding, and it'll be a great story forever. So remember, the only thing that matters is you got the right person standing next mm-hmm. to you, and the two of you have a great life together. Rebecca was smoking hot on our wedding day. That's right. <laughs> she, I love that. And thank you so much with our comedy routine from Krista. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful weekend.